Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Yes, that line falls on the right bay. Not that Maggie. What is he? Oh, he's back in town. Monday morning. How are we doing? Feeling better, Jet fans? Yeah. I mean, we've solved all the problems. It's amazing. Woo! Let's go! You know the deal. I got you for three hours all the way to five o'clock in the warm-up show. Alex is with me this morning, and we got you. 877-337-6666. Taking your phone calls. On this glorious Monday morning is... Who is that? Was that Zach Wilson out there? Man, oh man. And I know I've been crushing him, but I have to tell you, I told you. I thought he was going to play well in this game. You don't believe me? WFN did a story about it. Go read up on it. I picked them to win the game outright. I thought they'd play well in this game. I thought it was a perfect matchup for this defense, which, again, is going to not be the story of this game. Because they scored 30 points in the second half, and Zach Wilson actually looked like a a legitimately good quarterback. Forget just passable. Zach Wilson had a great game. And that's going to be the story, obviously. The defense was tremendous. And yet again, an NFL passer in C.J. Stroud, who unfortunately leaves the game with a, a concussion. But another quarterback that this defense absolutely dominates. I mean, just absolutely dominates. And yes, he's a rookie. I thought it might be a tough spot for him, especially in this building, in the rain, against this defense. And I thought uh, Zach Wilson, I I see it. I thought there was no pressure on Zach Wilson. Like, I, I, I was saying this all week. I did not believe that the story of him wanting to play, not wanting to play, all of that noise, him getting the nod to be back as the the quarterback. All this whole, it's over for Zach Wilson, and I still feel that way. This the Jets and Zach Wilson are no more. I, I we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think going into this, he finally felt like okay, the season is now over. I, I I've been benched. I've been brought back. Uh, the team really has lost its faith in me. Uh, it's not working here. Me and Nathaniel Hackett aren't working here. Rodgers is still here. There's a, a starting quarterback here. It just it no longer makes any sense. The team and the season have are four and eight, and it's over. What the hell, right? They talked about it. Just go out there and let it rip. Take the chances. And in the first half, I even thought from the first drive that didn't end up in points. Obviously, uh, 0-0 score at the halftime. The offense did nothing in the first half. But even the first drive of the game, I thought you saw the best and the most comfortable Zach Wilson you've seen, arguably in a Jet uniform, and certainly for the last few weeks. I mean, I thought early on. But then what the story of the game, obviously, is the second half. And right from the jump, they come out of that second half, and immediately that drive to score the touchdown, and it felt different. And watching the game, one play in particular for me, one indication, 
that you see, and it's a part. And watching giant football, we get the same crap. But the one thing that sucks when you watch these miserable offenses and what the Jets are, what the Giants are, you watch some of the bad offenses throughout the league. What the Giants and Jets have been unable to do is to come back from bad plays. And in that drive, they get a couple of first downs. Wills, Garrett Wilson makes a catch for a first down, and he gets banged with a false start. He runs out of the line. You got, you got uh, the offensive line throwing their hands up in the air. Mekhi Becton's like, what the hell are you doing going off sides? That's the kind of play that ruins a drive for the New York Jets. That's the kind of play, the previous adoration of this team, what we've seen from this offense, the first half of this game, the, the, the almost the entire season, first and 15 is a death knell. And yet they come right back, and on third and 12, he makes that excellent play that you know he's capable of, and that's why he's drafted second overall. He spin moves out of the rush from his blind side, runs around the corner, throws across his body to the middle of the field, a bullet to Garrett Wilson to make the play. They go on, they end up scoring the touchdown, Wilson to Cobb, a combination you're going to hear for years here with the with the Jets. Wilson to Cobb. But they get the touchdown, and away they went. And I, I, you could see it from the beginning. He was much more comfortable. And I do think, and I was saying it all week last week, I think the pressure is off Zach. And I think that's his biggest problem. Whether Whatever we think about him, we know he's talented. I can get up here and tell you how awful he is and give you the numbers on how you know he's arguably one of the worst handful of quarterbacks to ever play the game and whether or not the Jets have done him right and all the, the stuff that came along with the story of him maybe not wanting to play earlier in the week and whether or not the giant, the Jets have been right by him or you know I personally think they've done everything they could to give him every opportunity. But we know what their limits are. We know the rosters. We know what they've been giving him as far as weapons the first couple of years. And then we know the coaches and the, you know, has he been walked into a perfect situation? No. But still, he's just been awful. He's been awful at going through his progressions. He's been awful at this. We all know it. But you see the talent. No one doubts that there's talent in there. If someone, Jets or anybody else moving forward, could actually get it out of the kid, you might be able to see more performances like this because that throw is exactly, it mimics the throw that we all saw at his workout is what's got him drafted second overall, rolling out against the body, throwing it 70 yards in the air. Like we know, you watch him. The ball, fl- he looks very casual throwing hard, like bullets. The ball comes out of his hand good. No one doubts the talent of Zach Wilson. And watching this game finally, for the first time, probably in his Jet career, the talent and the ability to make good decisions came into one game. But that's what it is for me. It's one game. It's a nice story to put the Jets at 5-8 and eight after the controversy of the week. They come out there. They desperately need this game just to feel better about themselves. Zach goes in there with no pressure. It's over. I still think it's over. For me, this what they did is maybe down the stretch here, you can get something out of him where you can up his trade value and get back a good pick. Because I am done with Zach Wilson here. But I, I mean, he would. This is one game. If he if he plays like this the rest of the season, then we have a talking point. Right now, we've seen one good game from Zach Wilson, and it was. And we know the talents in there. And for me, every bit we're going to talk about Zach Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett is probably the bigger story in this game for the Jets. Because at least, you know, I think if you look at the Jets, and we've talked about in the All-22, and the coaching isn't as bad as you think. It's a terrible quarterback play. There are guys running open. That was a a talking point coming out of the game last week, right? 
Wilson, especially in the first half, Garrett Wilson's running free all over the place. Wilson's open. This one's open. The quarterbacks are unable to get in the football. But Hackett, who is going to be, and as reported by Connor Hughes and some others earlier in the week, Woody Johnson has no intention of blowing this thing up. Aaron Rodgers and the plan are right there waiting. That they're not going to give up on the plan until the plan blows up on itself. They are running this back. The coach is back. Salah's back. Hackett's back. Douglas is back. Rodgers is back, most importantly. That's going to happen moving forward. We know it. We know it. So to have a game where this coach was finally able to figure out a way and attack this lousy, lousy, despite the fact they've been a, a, a playoff team here or, or look like a playoff team, they've been doing it with offense and an and a amazing rookie quarterback who the Jets shut down today. But this defense is a terrible pass defense. Terrible. And they were, they've had some injuries at linebacker. They were able to attack the middle. They were able to get plays open. Uh, and a lot of it is Zach making the throws too, no doubt. But you feel better about the situation and the plan because that's what it is from the fan base. The fan base is tired of the coach, tired of the losing. His record is horrendous, whatever you think of him. And Hackett has been unable to get the offense going. He's the worst offense coordinator in football. What a joke. It's unbelievable. At least today you come away with, yes, Zach Wilson, story number one for all of us who want to talk about the Jets. And for all you Jet fans who are looking to call me up and brag about how great he is and I told you, and blah, blah, blah. how about Dobbs getting benched in Minnesota, clamoring to go trade for him. <laughs> Zach Wilson so much better than Dobbs. Zach Wilson so much better than this. Fine. Zach Wilson had a great game. Zach Wilson had one great game. I have to see a hell of a lot more before I even consider bringing him back on this team next year. Even consider it. And I'm, I don't think I'll ever get there. For me, the best thing about this is it's up this trade value and you might get a pick back because the talent does ooze out of him when he's able to play like this. When he's able to show you the arm strength, the ability to run and throw. I mean, his ability to, to get, I don't know, accuracy, not so much. And not that he wasn't accurate, but that's not what's crazy. The, his ability to throw across his body and get mustard on it effortlessly is, is clear as day. It's clear as day. So we, we understand the talents there, but it's just, it's, I don't know if it'll ever work here with the Jets. It's one game. We're all impressed by it. Great. For me, this ups his value. That's what this does. You can go out there and get a better draft pick next year because it's time to just move on. It's time to just move on because what's the problem with this kid is I think what you saw from this also is that the idea of it being over and no more pressure and winning isn't paramount anymore because they're out of it and he's been benched and all the talk and the idea that he's openly, you know, to whomever, whether it's true or not, I mean, we all think it's true, that he's, he, he doesn't want to go out there and play and him and the organization for whatever reason are not going to work. And I think that final nail in the coffin that was that story and this last benching plus the losing, all of that led to a completely pressure-free, go out there, sling it, who cares? Can he learn from that? Can he learn to take that mindset into any game when there's plenty of pressure and there is the idea that you're trying to play for your job and play for wins and play for your team and all that? Can he put that into a a mindset that he can take with him every week? I don't know. And frankly, I don't care to find out. Because I think it's clear why his best performance was this week. 
Do you think it all just came together? I think the idea of no pressure and the idea of the game's not meaning anything and the idea that he's probably done with this franchise helped him play this game. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. I was saying it all last week. I expected a good game from him because he doesn't have to. There, there was no pressure to play well. His backups were worse than he is. There's nowhere else they're going. I don't think this is ever going to work with them, and him and the franchise are done. And he went out there and played a very good game against a lousy pass defense where his defense gave up absolutely nothing, and he had a great second half. He scored 30 points in the second half. I actually think they had something going on. They were so happy to get that 30 points on that last field goal. I think they had like an inside bet or something. But, I mean, just a, a, a virtuoso performance from this young kid who ultimately, too little, too late. And it's a nice story, and today we'll get off his back, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of calls on I told you so. I'll get a lot of tweets on I told you so. He's got to do more than this to make me feel like there's any reason to bring him back. So what I look for when I when the team is dead, I look for the future. And to me, coming out of this game, the offensive coordinator and the head coach who are going to be here, this head coach had his defense ready to go. And this coordinator had his defense ready to go. Another virtuoso performance. They are a legitimately, we, they are who we thought they were. They are a legitimately Super Bowl contending defense. This is who they are. C.J. Stroud throws for tons of yards every game. He doesn't win every game. But he is he has taken the league by storm. He's one of the greatest rookies we've ever seen. What his career will be, I don't know. But this year, he's he's leading the NFL in passing yards heading into this game, and they completely snuffed it out. I know he's lost Tank Dell. I understand that. But still, just absolutely dominant. So the coach had the team ready to go. And Hackett finally came up with a game plan with this kid that was able to get it done. That's what I'm looking forward to because I know the coach is still here. I know as I'm watching highlights and Rodgers applauding on the sideline. I know Rodgers is with Hackett. I know this head coach is here. I know Joe Douglas is here. I know this defense is coming back. I don't know about Zach Wilson. And let's be honest, even if he does come back, he's not the starting quarterback of this team next year. He's not the quarterback you're hoping takes you to the promised land. He's not the guy you're looking to win a Super Bowl with. Not right now, at least. Next year is Aaron Rodgers' team. So when this when the season's dead at four and eight now five and eight, I really don't care so much about a quarterback I don't expect to play for me next year. Who on a decision whether or not I got to pick up his fifth year option out of the three after three of the and three of the worst seasons a quarterback's ever had. I look to see on the guys moving forward, and this head coach had his team ready to go despite the situation they're in. And this offensive coordinator, under all the scrutiny, finally came up with a game plan to make it work. You feel a little bit better about them. So, yeah, Zach Wilson had a great game. They won 30-6. to They scored 30 points in the second half. I mean, it's probably the best half of football that we've seen in this city besides the, the second half against the Cardinals from Daniel Jones. I mean, that, this was the best football we've got to watch the entire season as New York football fans. It was pinpoint. It was down the field. They absolutely ran away with the game. And so for the first time in forever, the Jets had a laugher. You're able to enjoy yourself, kick your feet up, and watch good offensive football. Not just average, not just passing, not just good enough to beat the Texans. Honest to God, move the football at will. Excellent offensive football. 
And the story's going to be the quarterback, and I get it, but he's not the future. He's just not. And at 5-8, and eight, I look towards the future. I feel better about the coach. I feel better about the offensive coordinator. I feel better about this team moving forward. The defense didn't give in on itself. The defense stood up and played an excellent game against a young quarterback and added him to the, name of li- the list of names that they have dominated with Hurts on it, with uh, Mahomes on it. You name the list. With Allen on it, the the list of great quarterbacks in this league that this defense has absolutely dominated. Put Stroud right on top. That's, I feel better that I know what I have defensively and that they won't give up no matter the circumstance. I feel better about the coach. I feel better about the coordinator. I feel better about the team next year. Quarterback's a nice story. Played great. Got to see a lot more. Right now, I feel better that maybe I turned a sixth-round pick for Zach Wilson into a fourth-round pick for Zach Wilson. That's what I'm looking at. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, let's go, Jet fans. 877-337-6666. Zach Wilson, with the game of his life, played very well. Where was it? Where was it earlier? Why couldn't they figure this out? Again, I think the pressure had a lot to do with it. I think the idea this is now over, and it still should be. I'm getting tweets now from one of my guys who just con- who's a Zach Wilson defender and hates that I kill him. I still don't think this is... I mean, I have to see a lot more from Zach Wilson. I mean, come on. It's three years of terrible football, one game. I think it was a great game, and he showed you the talent, but we've known the talents there. I don't think anyone's ever said the kid's not talented. Like You know the ability. That throw alone shows you the ability. For him to, you know, I mean, you watch that play. I thought he was going to get creamed without seeing because he's got no pocket pressure, but spun out of getting absolutely blindsided, rolls out to his left, throws across his body, I mean that's that's the that's an NFL quarterback play. That is elite NFL quarterback play. Zach Wilson showed you glimpse uh, a glimpse of what's possible if he's at his best. I don't trust him to do that on a week in and week out basis. I just don't. Never have. Hasn't shown that ability at all. So it's a great game. I'm more interested in, in the team moving forward. And so for me, I feel better. Like this is a a, a, a relief for Hackett too, like because as much as the reports are that they're not going to change things, and I don't think they are. You can't just have zero offense for the entire season. I mean, he's going to be under fire. Like he needed that game, just for his own. Even if it didn't matter, even if he is going to be back next year because Aaron Rodgers, like for the team to buy in, some like they just needed something. And so they were able to scheme it up a little bit. They, you know, used the tight ends down the, up the seam, uh, a lot of crossing routes. I mean, they it was textbook football. That was as that was as put together a half of football as I can remember the Jets having. But ultimately, it's just too little, too late for me. I'm not ready to just declare Zach Wilson's not going to be the backup quarterback. Are you going to pick up his fifth year option now? No, then you're going to sign him to a contract after a backup and, and maybe a couple of good games down the stretch. We'll see what it is. He has to turn around and still play well. And this is why I was surprised he didn't want to play because it's an opportunity to do something like this. That's why I'm surprised. 
that story came out. I'm surprised he felt that way. This was an opportunity to come out without any pressure. Just go out there and sling the ball. Forget everything else. The wins don't matter. You're not playing for anything. You and this franchise just aren't a match for whatever reason. Go out there and show your talent and hope somebody's willing to pick you up. And with the quarterback, with the way he played in this game, there are NFL teams that will take a chance on Zach Wilson. You that That's without question. That's without question. Someone will trade for Zach Wilson. Someone will give you a draft pick for Zach Wilson. Because he does have talent. It's just a matter of putting it together. And if he ever does, yeah, maybe it'll look bad on the franchise. It's not going to work here. I, I, I don't. And plus, he's not going to be the quarterback next year. Like, how much, how much better can he do from learning? You didn't think it's the two weeks off that helped him? He's had weeks off. He's been benched. That's part of the reason he didn't want to play. Oh, he's been oh, up and down. He's been benched before. Oh, all of a sudden, watching those two games, watching boy, watching Boyle play, is the same as watching Rodgers play. He had two weeks off to watch the game, and he got a better perspective. No, 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 no. It no longer meant anything, and he was able to relax. That's what it, that's what happened. That's what happened. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Before we get into, I do just want to uh, take a second and thank the Islanders and Mister Ledecky, the owner of the Islanders, was just phenomenal. We had an unbelievable time the other night at um, UBS Arena. It was we had a just a, an absolute great time there. We were in the suite. I, you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures. He gave us jerseys. Sal's getting on me because I gave Sal a bunch of crap for wearing a, a bunch of Islander stuff a year ago when they did this. Well, let me just say this for me. If you're going to get on me for wearing an Islanders jersey, and yes, I am a Ranger fan. Um, first off, they did an incredible job inviting us and, and taking me in. So for the night, I think it's it's fine. And two, I come from Long Island. And the jersey had my name on the back with my number. So as long as far as I'm concerned, I was wearing a Chris McMonagall New New York, uh, uh, you know, Long Islander jersey. But it was fun. It was a great time. Uh, just absolute top shelf with everything. I mean, just so much food, so much fun. We went down and sat right behind the goal in the second period. They got absolutely killed in the second period. But it was a great come from behind win. They're down two going into the third. They come back. They win it quickly in overtime. We had a great night. The Islanders did a great job. We had so much fun. It was good to see everybody again. You know, like that's like I'm I don't see anybody anymore. It's good to see people. Talk to people. It's just me and Alex. That's it. Nobody else is here. It's me and Fliegelman. It's me and you know, we we don't do nothing. So I got to see Gio. I got to see Sal. I got to see Pilati. I got to see all, you know, I got to see my man Tommy Lugauer again. Instead of just hearing him yell on the Lou Gower. But it's a my first time in the building. It was an it's a really nice building. Um and we just had a really good time. Me and uh got to see Rascona, a bunch of different guys that we got to see. So it was fun, it was great. They had the they put them up on the 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 Jumbotron. It was fun. We had a really great time. So thank you to the Islanders. Thank you for some of the swag. Thank you for the jersey. It's awesome. And just thank you for a great night. So the Islanders are, are top-notch, and that's Dave wants to talk about them real quick. What's up, Dave? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm actually an Islanders fan, and I heard your story, and I still think that Ledecky needs to sell the team. I don't think he's done enough to improve <laughs> the team. The team needs a full rebuild, including the goaltenders, 
And well, I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think Ledecky needs to sell the team to go through a rebuild. Well, if he doesn't want to do a rebuild, I think he should sell the team just like Malkin did, and I think the handwriting's already on the wall because the last time uh, when they owned the Capitals, when they built the Verizon Center, Ledecky sold his shares. Malkin's already done his. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. I yeah. bet you that Ledecky's going to well, sell. Well, listen, I no, I don't think he's going to. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. I sat, I, I sat next to the man uh, for for some of the game, or at least you know with him, not right next to him. I sat in the box with him. I sat down on the ice with him. I celebrated with him after they won the game. Like he is all in. You have an owner who loves your team. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Islander fans, uh, that call you want to you want him to sell. Come sit with him for an evening, and I promise you, you won't want him to sell. Life's not easy. And winning in the NHL, the NFL, the whatever, uh, NBA, MLB, it's not easy. It's not easy. And they had a good run of it, right? Back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. And this team has shown some spunk here after losing a game where they blew a lead in the third period to come back and beat the Kings in that game with their shiny helmets and Cam Talbot. I got a funny Cam Talbot story, too. Maybe I'll tell you. Not maybe. I'll tell you later. But... This guy loves this team, and he desperately wants to win. I can't, like, really. He's very passionate. It was quite a celebratory mood to, you know, it's not, they didn't win a playoff game. They beat, the, they beat the Kings in December, and it was, you know, I know we were all there, and not, not to, you know, make it seem like he's too happy, but, like, they were happy they won that game. It means a lot to him. He's sitting there watching every play, you know, every second of the game. It means a lot to him. So I'm telling you right now, I don't know. Have they been run great? Have they done everything? Should they have capitalized more on a team that got to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals and had a little bit of a letdown? Maybe. But this guy is a passionate dude who loves the Islanders. There's nothing wrong with that. Ralph Macho is there? Ralph Macchio was there. Yeah, I got to I, I've, I got to see Ralph Macchio. I've got to tell you that. Yes, that's sick. Ralph Macchio was there. Yes, he was. I, he was not with us. I, I think he has. Uh, you know, he's connected to the organization, so he gets to go whenever he wants in the owners' box. But he was there. That, that was fun. Yeah, he took the the picture with us. We all had a. You know, we were taking pictures left and right. We had our jerseys on and all that kind of stuff. And but yeah, we were uh, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Ralph Macchio was there. That's a good tweet by the fan, too. It's like, oh, look at this gang. Is that Ralph Macchio? Yes, it was. The Karate Kid was in the building. It was awesome. Is there a reason why a 77 is your number? Has that always been your number? Yeah, it was my football number. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, 77 was my number. That's why I wanted desperately Volpe to keep it. I don't. And if you remember, Volpe in spring training was 77. And at the last minute, right before the season started, he was 11. I liked it. 99, 77. I give Dominguez 88. I like it. It's fun. It's different. The Yankees have all these numbers retired at the top of them. They just do something different. Work from the back end. Eventually, they're all going to be retired after all. I mean, but yeah, 77 is my number. They made the jersey just for us. It was awesome. We had a great time. We had an absolutely great time. We laughed. We drank a little. We ate a little. It was, it was really it was awesome. And then the seats on the ice, I've never... Experienced that? That was awesome. Front row right behind the goalie. And can't, I'll, I guess I'll just tell you the Cam Tablet thing now. 
Cam Talbot, who you would remember was a backup goalie for the for the Rangers for a few years. He was the he was the in net for the Kings in the game the other night against the Islanders. And I don't know what it is. I know players are superstitious, but Cam Talbot. Uh, we're right behind him, and this this poor guy. There's a guy behind us in Santa in Santa outfit, dressed as Santa. So he's got the the full costume on, and he is just l- l- lacing in to Cam Talbot, just w- relentless, screaming. Me and Izzo were, and there's another guy. Good to see Izzo. Me and Izzo were literally. He was spitting on us. He was screaming so like we were like, this is gross. He was shouting, not like. But like you know, and we we could feel it. I was like, "Oh come on, man! Like stop!" But like, Talbot, you suck!" Just screaming at him, relent the entire period. And we only went there for the the second period. I'm sure that's that guy's seat. There's no way he was able to keep. I don't know if he was doing it for us, like because he saw you know Geo and Sal or whatever. Some of the more famous people, not me. No one cares about me. But like, if you saw, uh. I don't know how he would be able to keep that up the entire game. Well, I guess Cam Talbot's only there for the one period. That's a good point. But maybe he's screaming at somebody else then. But he was screaming at Talbot. Oh, my God. It was relentless. Relentless. But Talbot did something I could not. I don't know what it was. I'm sure it's just it, it boggles my mind why he did it over and over again. So every break in the action, every single one, Talbot would go to the to his water bottle. Right? He would take a, a swig of water. But before he took a swig of the water, he would take it, go to the same, like, top back of the net and squeeze a whole bunch of water out and then drink. And I'm like, are you, are you making sure the bottle still works? I feel like a lot of athletes do that. I, that's, not, that's not just him. But every time, it was never just, like, picked it up, took a drink, put it down. He would pick it up. He'd put it to this exact same spot, hold it over for a second, squirt a little bit out, and then drink. And he did it every single time he picked up his water bottle. And I'm like, why are you doing that? It's just a waste. It's, it's, I mean, I guess it's a waste. I'm sure they'll refill it. But I don't understand the, like, why? Why? I don't, I was like, I was messing with Fliegelman. He's like, you got to open the show with it because I was baffled. I'm like, I'm not going to open the show with it. But apparently I'll do it in the second segment. I was absolutely baffled that he consistently would just dump out water. And he would go to the same spot on the net, and it was on the net and on the, you know, the post. Like, he was squirting it on the net in the same exact spot every time he took a drink. Who does that? I I know they're creatures of habit, but that, what, what, like, what happened? His first game ever, he accidentally squirted some on the, the net and had a shutout, and it's like, from now on, that's all I do? I don't, the, the I don't get it. 877-337-6666. We got the Giant game tonight against the Packers. I think it's going to be a tough one. And here's the question. Here's the question. We've seen a lot of teams win. We saw the Patriots win on on Thursday night. Right now, the Giants have the fifth pick in Tankathon. I think they're playing a team on, on uh, tonight that is absolutely trending in the right direction. A young, talented team that this quarterback has found his way. And I think the Giants are in a tough spot. And you know what? That's not the worst thing in the world. 
Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, 245. Zach Wilson with the best performance of his career is the opening of the show. But obviously a big story around the NFL was what we saw in the Kansas City-Buffalo game, a game that um, obviously was a, a little bit of a defensive struggle, especially after the Buffalo Bills get out to a 14-point lead. But it's tied. Uh, they battle back 17-17. Some, I mean, listen, we know what the problem is with Kansas City. They really have no weapons, and their offense, their wide receivers are just absolutely killing them. And Kelsey hasn't looked like himself uh, as of late. I don't know. You know, he's dealing with some injuries. He's a little, uh, you know, some nagging injuries. He was better in this game than he's been. But, you know, without, I mean, forget Hill, because last year they were able to, you know, obviously win a Super Bowl without him and still had a great offense. This year, their offense, they're averaging less points than they have uh, with Patrick Mahomes, it's the uh, it's just been one of those years where they can't figure out this offense, and they go in to take on a Buffalo Bills team that was 500 at the time, and obviously the play of the game at the end of the game. So 17, 17, and uh, excuse me, 20 to 17 after the Bills get down and kick a field goal and do some terrible clock management, allowing Patrick Mahomes to have a minute plus with two timeouts. Instead, they throw the football three times instead of making with with the two minute one, and they don't have to take one of their two timeouts. They lost the timeout on a challenge. They only have two timeouts left. The they have first down after a penalty against Kansas City. They have first down with like two forty left in the game, and they don't make the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots. I'm calling them the new Patriots because they're hated. They don't make Kansas City take a single timeout. Unbelievable. So the Mahomes has. Two timeouts and a minute left, or a little over a minute left, and then obviously the play. So if you've, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, they throw this unbelievable play. So Kelsey gets a like a 30 yard pass. He starts to run towards the middle of the field to evade uh, defenders, and just as he's about to get tackled, he throws the football across the field. Laterally, obviously, backwards to Tony, who catches it and runs it into the end zone for what's going to be a game-winning touchdown. Patriots, uh, Chiefs have a miracle play to win a game, and it's called back because of offensive offsides. Tony, who we all know and love, and my God, this guy is one of the more, I mean, all the talent in the world, all the talent in the world but is extremely unreliable, can't catch passes, and just is, makes boneheaded plays left and right. And he is clearly, when you go back to watch the game and watch the play, you'll see it. It's everywhere. He is clearly, his foot is ahead of the football. He is clearly offsides. And it cost them the game. And the way Patrick Mahomes and even Andy Reid have reacted to this is absolutely ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes in, in person. And that's why I'm saying, here are the new Patriots. We have finally made it. I have hated Tom Brady forever. Not because he beat my team. I'm a Giant fan. In fact, 
Memories of Tom Brady make me think of Super Bowl championships. I am tired of Tom Brady for all the winning they do, all the complaining they do, all the talk about how great they are. I'm just tired of it. And I didn't think I would get there with Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City crew that quickly, especially now in a season where they haven't been their dominant self. They're defending Super Bowl champions, but this offense, like we said, has been as bad as it's been under Patrick Mahomes. But the way they handled this is absolutely ridiculous. Now, do they have a a somewhat of a, a a point a little bit? I have never seen, like, if you saw the referee, he makes the call and he gives you the offsides where he puts his hands on his hips and then points to the Chiefs. And I said, oh, man, he pointed in the wrong direction. Offsides is a defensive penalty, guy. You got it wrong. Uh, Touchdown. I I can't remember ever seeing an uh, 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 offsides on the offense. It's, it's, It's extremely rare. And there is always this thought, we've all known it, you get a little bit of, A, a break probably with it, and B, the the referee's, do signal in some way. Andy Reid talked about the coach getting a a warning if it's a yeah, the coach gets a warning if it's a problem over and over again. Like if they say, hey, look, Tony's consistently lining up uh, you know, really borderline on offsides, you know, give it a pay pay attention to it, say something to him. Not on how are they gonna warn him just as the play's gonna happen? And he's clearly like ridiculously offsides. He's looking right at the ball. The the the, the image that's everywhere is laughable. He's he's looking at the ball. Can't you tell you're stepping over it? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. So the penalty should have been called. Do they have a point that sometimes they let that go? Yes. Do they have a point that sometimes the, the referee will acknowledge it and kind of get the, the receiver back on sides? Yes. Is it a weird play? Does it re- relatively happen a lot? No. Does it suck that it wiped out one of the better, more interesting game-winning touchdown passes and plays we could have possibly seen all year and maybe even more than that, that it wipes out a great, fun play? Yes, I agree with all of that. But the amount of bitching from a team that's gotten everything to go their way. I mean, let's be honest. How many calls does Patrick Mahomes get? But not only that, the worst part of this by far, the worst part of it, not him screaming on the sidelines right as the game's going to end, having to be held back by his entire team. To, at the time, we thought it was to get at Tony. Like, that's how the broadcast made it seem, too. Like, he was going, he was pissed at his own player for making that mistake. No, no, no. He's pissed at the ref. So he's got to be held back. He's got to be held back so he doesn't get to the referee. Absolute nonsense. That's not the worst of it. His press game, his post game comments at the press conference about it's bad for football, and I've never seen a call like that. And week after week, we're talking about the refs. Well, that part's true, but I mean, it's that is ridiculous how far he went into it when his player is clearly offsides if he didn't see it. That's ridiculous to me. The absolute worst part of this is if you watch it after the game ends and they're walking off the field. Him and, the, obviously, the quarterbacks always kind of embrace and say something. He goes to Josh Allen, who's having a very tough year. They're coming off uh, the coach saying ridiculous comments and a story that's probably, you know, run through the team. They're 500. They're, they've been one of the class teams of the NFL. They're having a tough go of it. He's had an up-and-down season. He played his ass off in this game. He was brilliant in this game. This is a quarter. This is the same team. This is the same quarterback and team that lost to you in a, a playoff game that they had no business losing in. He's trying to get his season back on track. He played his ass off, and he goes to shake your hand. And what what do you say to him? Worst call I've ever seen. 
That's the time. You can't even say congratulations. Now, I don't know if he initially said congratulations with the first word he said. I don't know. But you could see it clear as day. That's you, you can't even embrace and have a moment with Josh Allen and just say, good game, man. We'll get you next time or whatever. You, you're still so pissed off that you can't give him his props that you got to yell to him about the worst call ever, and, which is pretty much saying, I beat you, and they took it from me. That's what you're going to say to Josh Allen walking off the field. Worst call ever, I beat your ass, and they stole it from us. What a joke. What an absolute disgrace. I, I think I understand his point on some level. I do. But you can't even just shake the other quarterback's hand and say good game when he played. First of all, he, was, he, played, he made a play getting hit out of bounds and keeping his feet and throwing a ball for a reception. I mean, Josh Allen played his ass off in this game. And they beat you. God forbid you lost one. You lost Bad calls happen. Even if you think it's a bad call, it's not a bad call. It's a weird call. It's an unfamiliar call. It's one we don't see a lot. It's one where maybe under different circumstances, a different crew, it's not always called. But he's blatantly over the line. It's without question a penalty. And even if even if all of that I said prior to that is true, you want to bitch at the post game? It's obnoxious, and I'm and I don't care for it. Even the even the coach, it's bad for football. It's bad for football. Andy Reid want to say something? Fine. You want to yell at the ref in the moment on the field? Fine. You can't compose yourself as a two time Super Bowl champion MVP. You can't compose yourself to just give props to the quarterback who beat you. You got to walk off the field and tell him I beat you. And the ref stole it from me. What a disgrace. And that's why now they are they are becoming the new Patriots for me. I've I've I'm it's getting to the point where I've had enough of them. The only time I saw that type of play or that type of call be made was last year. I don't know if you remember, it was the Giants Commanders, and it was the legal formation. Right. Remember when one of the wide wideouts for the commanders he pointed to like if I'm off, oh yeah 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 and he yeah, went yeah. to the other side yeah 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 I vaguely remember that yes I remember the he was like asking the ref and then got the penalty he asked anyway. the ref and then yeah. the referee just yeah yeah I don't know. yeah so I mean listen it's happened I don't that wasn't offsides though I I don't I don't remember I don't ever remember seeing offsides offsides for offense yeah. offsides offense it's very rare it's very rare but that's not the point that's not the point. I mean, you've got some nerve, man. Every You've been blessed. Now, you are super talented. You are one of the great quarterbacks of all time already. And you might, at the end of your career, surpass Tom Brady and be the best quarterback of all time. It's in the cards. You've made a ton of money. Everything has broken right for you. You got into an incredible situation going to... Andy Reid's uh, team in Kansas City. Everything has gone right. You've won all of it. Now, I'm not saying you're not, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a competitor and pissed off when things don't go your way. I get it. Tom Brady's the same way. Tom Brady's the same way. Tom Brady scream, throw things, complain about this, complain about that. I mean, when's the last time Tom Brady was hit and wasn't looking for a, uh, a, a rough in the passer penalty? Let's be honest. But what really bothers me, 
what really, really bothers me is you couldn't show the respect to, to Josh Allen. See if you can find that on Twitter, actually. Um, if it's if it's not bleeped out, we'll see if we can find it. There's def- I've, I had, You could hear the audio. When he, he leaves Josh Allen, worst call I've ever seen. That's what you have to say to Josh Allen? Not congrats, not good win. Not you better hope we don't see you again. Even that, a little gamesmanship. You got us today, I'll get you tomorrow. Fine. Complaining about that call like you should have won the game, you shouldn't have. You didn't deserve to win the game. Yeah, all right, so there's some curses in it. Maybe we'll see if we can either get a clean version or make one. But that's what bothered me the most. That's what bothered me the most. Give the man his due. He played his ass off, and he beat you. He made the drive down the field to get a field goal. You couldn't. And by the way, here's the other thing. The game's not over. It's second down. Go make another play. Like, it wasn't the last play of the game. It didn't lead into it. It wasn't a turnover. It wasn't... It wasn't a pass interference, obviously, that was that was the reason for an interception where the game was literally over. It was second and 15. Go make another play. All you need is a field goal. You don't have to get into the end zone. Cost you the game. Go make another play. You're Patrick Mahomes. You didn't get it done, plain and simple. Your team made a mental mistake, and, I mean, that's the secondary story is this, this guy. I mean, Tony is a great ball player. I, I mean, I think he's a talented kid. We saw it. He's as shifty as they come. He can be a dynamic player. I thought he was going to kill it in Kansas City. When they first made that trade, I said, Phew, talk about the Patriots. You bring a guy like that to Kansas City, That's exactly they'll do exactly what the Patriots would do. They'll figure out how to get the best of someone in a situation where it didn't work elsewhere. Like, that's what they did. How many times, how many different guys would go to, would go to the Patriots to finish their career or resurrect it? I thought he would kill it there. He has been, and he had a good Super Bowl, obviously, so he's had his moments. But man, oh man, he just, that you can't line up like that. I mean, it's so obvious. And I don't think anyone's disputing that he was offsides. I think they're disputing that it shouldn't have been called. Like that—that's your argument. Your argument's like, hey, I, maybe he was offsides, but you can't call that. Don't be offsides, and it didn't cost you the game. You had other opportunities. You had three more plays. You had second down, third down, fourth down to go make a play. I understand what it wiped away. The flag was thrown before the play happened. You can't. It's not like they waited until it was a touchdown, then threw the flag. But man, I, all of it: scream, complain, have to be restrained from getting to the referee. Fine. I mean, absolute nonsense, but fine. Make it through congratulating the opponent before you have to throw that out there. Like, just make it through that. That that really pisses. If I was if I was Josh Allen, I'd be like, forget this dude, man. I know he's great. I know he's impossible to beat. I was really pumped. I won this game. He can't even say congrats. He's got to say worst call ever. Otherwise, I would have beat you. Because that's what you're saying. Don't don't get it twisted. That's what he's saying. I know in the frustration, he's just complaining about the call. He's saying, I beat you. They stole it from us. We beat you. You didn't. You lost the game. Boo-hoo.